Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Brian sent me a note about a story that happened in England that very well could happen here because the laws are the same. And what happened, and we've talked about this before, squatters, someone who just simply goes onto someone else's property and starts living there. And you catch somebody on your property, you get them kicked off. What happens if you don't kick them off? So Emma Colton wrote this for Fox News. Squatter who won battle over dead woman's home sells it for a huge profit. So the guy squatted in the home. He was there long enough. He met all the requirements of the law to where he became the titled owner. And then he sold the house for a huge profit. The man in the UK took over a retiree's empty home in London and gained legal ownership of it under a quirky law has sold the property for a profit, local media reports. Now, calling the law quirky, a lot of people do find it odd, but the law's been there for a long, long time, and it's one of the laws that's just been simply on the books for seemingly forever. A British construction worker identified as a man named Keith (laughs) spotted an empty three-bedroom semi-detached home in London's Newbury Park back in 1997 while working a construction job nearby. He began renovating the property and ultimately moved his family into the home in 2012. So notice how long ago this is, okay? So he spotted it in 97, and he began renovating the property and then moved his family into it in 2012. And so here we are in 2023. I could do the math, but I'm a busy man. The house, however, belonged to a retiree who lived on the property with his mother until the late 1990s when he moved out. Now, he inherited the property, but he didn't move into it. It was left vacant. And so understand that there's a law called adverse possession that allows someone in possession of a good or real estate or something without title to become the lawful proprietor if the original owner didn't show up after some time. So that's the way it's phrased in The Guardian. But I'm going to let you know right now, that I will go over the elements of adverse possession at the end of the video because I don't think I've ever done that before in full. So we'll do that in a minute. So the man filed an application for adverse possession about a decade ago in order to legally obtain the property. Uh, The chief land registrar initially denied the application, saying that you can't take possession of the property legally if you've been squatting there. But a high court overruled that in 2014, when a judge ruled that the registrar's decision was founded on an error of law. So it turns out if you squat long enough, it can become yours. The judge ruled that previous laws approached squatting issues as civil matters. And we've talked about this before. Someone's on your property, you call the cops, cops show up and go, that's a civil matter. Meaning you got to sue them to get them off or get a court order to kick them off. Uh, So I know there's a gray area because if someone's breaking into your house, they can't say, well, I was planning on squatting here. It's different. So despite the judge finding that the man had committed criminal trespass, he was still granted ownership of the home. The judge found that at least 10 years had passed without effective action by the owner to take control of the property. So if you know someone's on your property, take steps to kick them off, civil, criminal, or otherwise. Do something. If you do nothing, it's going to look like, oh, the person's living there. They were improving the property. They moved their family into it, and you still did nothing? Do something. This judgment recognizes that making residential squatting a criminal offense was not intended to impact on the law of adverse possession, which is an old and quirky law, said the attorney for the man who was uh, trying to uh, take over the property. 
It is a quirky law that benefits the economy because unused and unclaimed land and property get recycled back into use. And, you know, usually common law. It was a 20-year period. Many states, like Michigan, I believe, is 15 years. Some places it's 10 or even shorter. It depends on what the local government thinks in terms of how long something should be unused before someone else can take it over. And by local government, I mean states. In, in America, it would be the state, state law. Uh, so the man who actually owned the property, uh, at least on paper, died in 2018 at the age of 80. Now, he had filed a counterclaim against the judge's ruling, but it was dismissed due to him not being listed as the executor of his mother's estate. So apparently when his mom died, there was some paperwork that needed to be done that was not done. So that's part of the problem here, too. His mother died in the 1980s and left no will. So uh, before uh, that happened, the man was unaware that he had to apply to become the administrator of his mother's estate. And of course, the estate became important because probably the one big thing in it was this piece of property. So after moving out of the property in 1996, he did continue to pay taxes on it, but he rarely visited the home. The home was in the Curtis family since World War II, and neighbors told the Daily Mail that uh, the mother would be turning in her grave if she knew that this guy just moved in and took the house over. A neighbor said this house is a very troubled past because there's no way the man should have got his hands on it for free. A lot of people around here are still very angry he was allowed to get away with it and that the law backed him. So again, uh, the home was worth roughly 400,000 pounds when the man took over the property. Uh, He sold the home to somebody else for 540,000 pounds. Uh, So he made a profit of 140,000, except that he didn't pay 400,000 for it when he took it over. So what he basically made as a profit was whatever he got for the sale minus his expenses of improving the property and so on. So he made out quite well. But what we're talking about here is the concept of adverse possession. And I remember in law school, we took you know, real estate classes, property classes, and we talked about real property. And real property is, you, know, you have to understand that, that you know, this right here is a thing, okay? And this is property. Whose property is this? This is mine. But we're talking about land, whether improved or otherwise. But you know, dirt, a, a, a dotted line on the earth, a piece of real estate, that's real property. And so when you're talking about property law, one of the things you encounter is the concept of adverse possession. There's a piece of property right there. Who owns it? Well, you can go to the Register of Deeds and look it up. They'll say, oh, this piece of property is owned by some person. And it has their name and the day they took possession of it. And it probably also shows possibly like tax records, like who's been making payments and how much they've been paying. That might be kept someplace else, but these records are all kept somewhere. So there's a piece of property just sitting there. And nobody's doing anything with it. So somebody moves onto the property and takes control of it and acts like they own it. They do everything as if they own it. And they do certain things, which we'll get to in a second. There will come a time in America and in England and in other parts of the world that follow these kinds of laws that'll say that the person who's taken adverse possession of it can get good, clean title to the property after doing all the necessary things for a certain length of time. What makes it difficult is the length of time. So you almost never hear about this working because somebody in Michigan would have to come onto a piece of property and be there for 15 years doing the following things, and then after 15 years, it's theirs. 
However, if somebody comes on in year 14 and kicks them off the property and they leave, boom, they got to start the clock all over again. So here are the things you must do to establish adverse possession. And we give you the ones in Michigan, but it's roughly the same from state to state. You must take actual possession. You can't just go by and call it. Hey, that's mine. And then, no, no, no. You've got to actually do something that indicates that you are acting like it's yours. So occasional or periodic entry onto the land does not constitute it. It has been acknowledged that the determination of what acts or uses are sufficient depends on the facts in each case and to a large extent upon the character of the premises. So if it's a house, move into it. If it's land, you go onto it, but for longer periods than simply walking across it or hunting on it once a month uh, or whatever. Actual possession. Two, visible. What you're doing must be visible to people around the property. Person adversely possessing land must be visible and not sneaky. So you can't come on at night, touch your foot to the ground, and run away and do that for 15 years and go, yeah, it's mine. I snuck on at night and touched my foot to the ground. No, and the point is that adverse possession is designed, in essence, for abandoned property to be put back into circulation, so to speak. So you've got to do this so that if somebody else thinks they own the property, and if they do, they can say, hey, I saw you on my property. Get off. Stay off. Open. You must be doing something that's open. Similar to the visible element, the adverse possession must be out in the open by the person adversely possessing the land. This element focuses on whether there are open acts of ownership exercised over the property. Like the visible element, the requirement that the action of the land be out in the open is a check to ensure that the adverse possessor is not acting surreptitiously or in a sneaky manner. Often, but not always, vacant parcels of land with no development for 15 years or more are left fallow and rarely maintained or used by the original owner. An adverse possessor may take actions out in the open to demonstrate the element of adverse possession. So you can't say, well, I saw it. I walked on it once in a while. It's mine. Because the guy or gal who owns it is going to say, I did the exact same thing. So notorious. Now, we're not talking about doing something scary or freaky here or Duran Duran. Rather, in the legal sense, notorious means the occupation of real property in a manner that anyone can observe as if the person using the land is a true owner of the property. You're acting as if you own it. Notorious is often tied to the concepts of visible and open, as described above. The rationale behind this is that the original property owner should be given the opportunity to see that someone else is acting like they own the property. Puts them on notice, okay? Exclusive. Exclusivity is the intention of holding the disputed property as your own to the exclusion of all others. So someone comes on the property that you are trying to take adverse possession of, and you kick them off. Now, if the true owner comes along and the time hasn't run yet, and you go to kick them off, you can't do that. You're not the true owner yet. However, if you act to kick them off and they let you, guess what? But when you go to kick that person off and they go to court and get you kicked off, that'll probably be the end of it. Continuous refers to the time frame required for adverse possession. So in Michigan, it's 15 years. Common law is 20. Some states are shorter. Most often, a person challenging adverse possession will claim that they interrupted the time frame, thereby seeking to avoid adverse possession. So this is often fact-specific, but let's suppose that you were on this piece of property 
and you were there continuously, and then you went on vacation for a week. And I knew this, and I was aware of this, and I thought, oh, you know something? I'm going to go over there, and for one week, I'm going to live there. <laughs> Document the heck out of it, and you just broke up that person's run on the property. However, you'd be better off just going to court and getting kicked off. Hostile refers to the usage of land that is inconsistent with the rights of the original owner without the owner's permission. And then finally, under a cover or claim of right, uh, in Michigan, a court said that claim of title is where one enters and occupies land with the intent to hold it as his own against the world, irrespective of any shadow or color or right of title. Court of Appeals held that it was not necessary that the party in possession should have expressly declared his intention to hold the property as his own nor need his claim thereto to be a rightful one. The mere fact of actions and conduct that demonstrates a claim of ownership is enough to meet this element. So again, the ones you often hear them cited are um, the actual possession, visible, open, and notorious actions on the land, exclusive, and continuous, and hostile. All of those things. So it's extremely difficult for someone to actually go onto a piece of property of any value and stay there and do all of these things for 15 years or 20 years or 10 or whatever it is. That's a long time. But here, this guy actually saw the home, looked unoccupied, moved into it, started making improvements to it, and he was there for apparently more than 10 years. And the true owner didn't do anything about it. And so you have to understand that that's why the law exists, because implicit in this is that if this hadn't happened, that house would still be sitting there vacant. And what happens to vacant homes after 10 or 15 years? And so it's a kind of a catchy headline, squatter who won battle over dead woman's home sells it for huge profit. But the true owner also appears to have kind of stood there by the roadside and did nothing. And so if you own a piece of property and you find out that somebody's on it, take action to kick them off. Now, I can tell you that I've heard debates about this one. And uh, I've had people tell me, they say, yeah, my neighbor mows a strip of my grass. Do I need to worry about that for adverse possession's sake? And I say, no. What you do is you mow it also. And each time you mow it, it resets the clock for 15 years so if somebody goes to court and go, hey, I've, I've been mowing that strip for 15 years, he goes, yeah, so have I. Thank you. <laughs> but we've heard of a couple cases now. And the other case we heard about was the one back east. And by the way, that's not east. For some odd reason, I point that way. That's east. <laughs> Where somebody built, I think it was a, a pen for goats on someone else's property. And the pen was there for so long that when the property owner came back and said, by the way, that pen's on my property, get it off. And they said, it's been there for so long, and you never did anything about it. I think it's our property now. And they went to court, and the court said, yeah, adverse possession. That goat pen's been there, visible, open, notorious, hostile, you name it. Every single one of those things is there. The owners could have come along at any time. So some people say, but Steve, doesn't this force us to be jerks? My neighbor's doing something. Do I have to actually go over and be a jerk about it? Um, it depends. There's several things you can do. And so, for instance, let's suppose that the person with the goat pen and the owner of the property underneath it before the adverse possession was ruled on had spotted the goat pen. 
and came over and said, excuse me, I think your goat pen's on my property. How long has it been there? And they go, nine years. And let's, let's assume that where it is, it would need to be 10. They could say, here's the deal. Your goat pen's on our property. Do you know that? If they say, no, we don't know that, boom, you run to court. If they say, yeah, we do know that. You say, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to rent you. I'm going to lease you the dirt underneath that pen for a dollar a year. Are you willing to pay me a dollar a year to rent this piece of dirt for 10 years? Pay me 10 bucks, you get a 10-year lease. They say, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. The second they sign that lease and hand you the money, they're no longer hostile to you. And in fact, they're acknowledging your ownership. So that would eliminate the entire claim right there. So that's one way you could do it. There's other ways you can do it. And like I said, when somebody mows a little strip of your grass thinking, hey, if I do that for 15 years, I get to keep it. You go mow it and, like I said, resets the clock. So this does not happen often. One of the reasons it hits the news because it's so unusual. It's so unusual. But it is a concept that a lot of people find freaky. And uh, as one attorney called it here, quirky, quirky. But (laughs) if they went to law school, I think it was like day three of property. But uh, Emma Colton wrote there for Fox News. The squatter won the legal ownership of the property he took over, has sold the home for a very large profit. And Brian sent that. Thanks a lot. Questions or comments? Put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Yield to temptation. It may not pass your way again.